When your best friend lives states away You create a podcast and talk about movies We talk about Marvel, Disney, and sci-fi We talk about rom-coms, action, and comedy We are the Cinema Ladies The Cinema Ladies So Ellie, what are we doing today? And who are we? so many things we are the cinema ladies of the cinema ladies podcast and this is our first ever episode which is kind of fun i know i'm kind of like nervous but it's fine because oh and so my name is ellie pant (laughs) and i'm kaylee mosey there we go and i guess to give a little bit of backstory on who we are um, how long have we known each other, Kaylee? Seven years? Eight years? Sure. That sounds good. Around then. <laughs> friends from college. Shout out University of Minnesota. Go Ghosts. <laughs> and then we were roommates. And w- what year were we roommates? Oh, the pandemic year. 2020. 2020. <laughs> yes. You were nervous there. You <laughs> um, of course yes, I knew. We what are you talking about? I knew. You, there was a hesitation. So, pandemic. When we were roommates, we decided to watch all of the Marvel movies that had come out at that time. So this was pre-TV shows of the MCU. Um, And because you had already seen them, I had never seen any of the Marvels. So every every night or every other night, (laughs) because it was the pandemic and we had literally nothing else to do, we watched a Marvel movie um, in release order. I'm very passionate about the release order. Chronological, it doesn't do it for me. That's that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a lot of feelings about that. But when we watched Thor Ragnarok, which is the movie we will be discussing today, this movie holds a really really special spot in both of our hearts communally because this was our drinking movie drank (laughs) the pandemic whenever we would go out drinking to the freezing cold outdoor bars or stayed in drinking because you know couldn't go a lot of places a lot of stuff (laughs) shut down a lot of places (laughs) every single time we came home we turned on this movie ballpark how many times do you think we've seen this together how many times do you think we watched it um well again not that we drank a ton, but probably every weekend for the entire year we lived together no way so what's that 52 keely we we've watched at least the first 20 minutes because then we would both fall asleep at least so i would times. fall asleep <laughs> you would fall asleep i would probably stay up through the full movie at least my favorite part which we'll get to in a minute so we're gonna review i know i'm so excited we're gonna review this i'm getting sweaty (laughs) um a little bit of context prior to launching into the summary is that this movie is the third of the thor movies this movie came four years after thor dark world both in the timeline of the movie and in real life they were four years apart. Kind of fun. Wow. That doesn't happen a lot. I know. 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> it was actually real. And then it, it's two years after Avengers Age of Ultron. For any of you that don't care about Marvel, Marvel this means nothing to you, which is fine. <laughs> I'll judge you silently. If it just you means Marvel, that it's, it's interesting. It's not the first movie where Thor and Hulk hang out. Oh, that, yes, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. but that's also a spoiler okay oh well i guess we should also say this is spoilers because we're gonna discuss if you haven't movie. watched so if you Thor haven't Ragnarok, seen this yet it might be worth a, a look either before or after i want someone to tell us that they listen to this podcast first and then watch the movie just to see what that that would be like because unfortunately i can't go back and watch it for the first time so with further ado I'm going to dive into the summary. And this is probably going to be pretty scattered, so just, just bear with us. The Marvel credit scene, which again, if you don't watch Marvel, means nothing to you. If you do, you know what I'm talking about. We're just going to um, assume that people have watched Marvel going forward. Yeah, that's, it's a good assumption. And again, if you haven't, you just should. So the opening credit scene is all of the OG Avengers, which I, when I recently watched it was super fun because that it changes and like as new things come out so that was super fun um but it starts with our character our main character thor played by chris hemsworth and he is chained up and hanging from like a cave and he's giving a monologue about what he has been doing over the past four years since we saw him last i guess two years since we saw him last and when we recently watched this like a month ago on your nice big fancy tv i realized how fake the chains look <laughs> and i couldn't get over it shout um, out marvel cgi <laughs> a little bit of shade from our better. dear friend ellie <laughs> it's gotten better since this movie but when i watched it on my tiny tv here at home um i didn't notice it so. the experience was Anyways. much more delightful yeah yeah, so he's kind of giving a recap what he's been doing. He's been out traveling the the universe looking for Infinity Stones, which is kind of a fun little thing. Um, and then we realize he starts talking to Surtur, which is this big, giant fire person, monster, who's got a big crown of kind of looks like horns. Um, and he learns, Thor learns about Ragnarok. Ragnarok is the destruction of their home, Thor's home planet, Asgard. This is, which I learned recently, is slightly different than Ragnarok in, like, the Norse mythology, um, which means the end of all worlds. But in this movie, Ragnarok is just about the end of Thor's planet, which he obviously doesn't want. That is sure. also where he learns that his dad... Odin is not on Asgard, their planet, mm -hmm. um, which is a surprise to Thor. Um, so then Thor takes his hammer, Mjolnir, and if I'm mispronouncing that, <laughs> it's really hard words, so don't judge me. She's a scholar. Um, <laughs> and breaks out of his chains, um, Led Zeppelin song, Immigrant Song, which is just such a bop, is played, and then he kind of, you know, fights everyone takes Sutter's crown, um, and I think this is an attempt to really highlight how well he can use Mjolnir, um, because there's, there's some good fight scenes there. He uh, is 
attempts to get back to Asgard through the Bifrost, which the Bifrost, there's like so much background here I didn't realize I would have to give. <laughs> Again, I'm going to make an assumption that some people know what I'm talking about. The Bifrost is basically a rainbow bridge that brings him from anywhere back to Asgard, and all he has to do is like call out Heimdall, who is the, the person, his friend, who like guards the gate of Asgard. And like open the Bifrost for him. Heimdall is played by Idris Elba, which just fantastic. He's a looker. He's a looker. There's a lot of good lookers in this movie. Um, one that's not a looker is <laughs> Scourge. <laughs> Scourge is this <laughs> bald man who is doing Heimdall's him... job. Which Hold on, not... did you call him a balls man or a bald man? Bald. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Keep going. Bald. Bald He's man's bald. It's, it, Which really is, adds nothing to the story of him being bald or not, but he's bald. He's um in Heimdall's spot, which we don't know why as of now. Eventually, he hears Thor calling to him, pulls him back. And so Thor is back on Asgard and he sees his dad like laying around in his, you know, robe, eating grapes, kind of just chilling. And he's watching Odinson, or Odin for short. Um, And he's watching a play. And this is a wonderful scene because the play is um, a reenactment of Loki's death from a previous movie, Thor Dark World. But it's not played by... Tom Hiddleston, who traditionally plays Loki, it's played by Matt Damon and Chris Hemsworth's brother, Luke Hemsworth. <laughs> okay, so they see the play, it's Loki dead, and Thor's suspicious, so he convinces Odin to reveal himself, and you find out it's actually Loki. Dun, Tom dun, dun. Hiddleston. Big, big funny reveal. He actually almost kills him in the process, but that's... <laughs> Neither here nor there. Brotherly love. And it, yeah, yeah. And again, big surprise because we all thought he he died in the last movie. Turns out he didn't. He's back. And the real Odin is somewhere else. And Loki brings Thor to where that is. And again, surprise, it's Earth. And they show up at Earth at this, like, nursing home. And um, it's being demolished. (laughs) And so they get a little concerned. Loki's like, whoops, didn't know that. Um, And then Thor is recognized and takes pictures. This is when you learn that Jane, his girlfriend from the last two movies, broke up with him. That he, you know, is pretty upset about that, but it's fine. Um, And then all of a sudden... A very familiar little circle spark. How how would you? (laughs) I like it. A circle sparkle. A sparkle is a circle. This comes and you know disappears. Loki, and then there's nothing but a a piece of paper with an address. We know this address. It's Doctor Strange's address in New York City. Um, Thor goes to see Doctor Strange. There's again some funny little funny little banter. Um. And then you learn that he knows where Odin is, but that he's concerned because Loki, you know, last time was on Earth, tried to kill everyone. Not and so deal. Thor promises he'll, t- yeah, you know, kind of kind of gives you a bad reputation. <laughs> um, so uh, Thor 
promises to take Loki off world once they see their dad. So they go to Norway, which again, all most a lot of Thor's character, Loki's character, Odin's character is based off Norse mythology. So it's kind of fun. And they see his dad and he's like in this really like pensive mood, really just talking about stuff they don't really understand, like the future and how this is their home, which just big big foreshadowing into future movies about where they go at the end. But we won't get into that now. Um, but it is, I think this scene specifically is really good acting on Tom Hiddleston's part. If you like look at his facial expressions when his dad is talking, which is, as a side note, Loki's character is um, adopted. So it's not his his bio dad, <laughs> mm-hmm. but still deep love there. And it's it's good, good acting. Also, basically, Chris Hemsworth okay. and... Tom Hiddleston look amazing in these scenes. My opinion. <laughs> My opinion. Yeah, I like Thor in jeans. I like Thor in <laughs> jeans. Anyway. So, so their stylist did a good job in that. that ten scene, out of ten. Is what you're saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if it's because he looks like a human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess it's a little easier to <laughs> to imagine. <laughs> picture yourself next to (laughs) oh yeah anyways as i was about to say odin tells him that he has a firstborn daughter thor is not the firstborn this is soul crushing to him and um that she was banished because she was really evil but that when odin dies she's gonna come back he kind of mentions making some mistakes and then he dust into sparkles across the ocean he says look over there guys and then he just floats away what a way okay what a way to die when i I rewatched it recently i was like what a weird line like did that ever get explained there's too long of a pause too when he was still there and not floating into dust after it where it's like they probably should have said something like what's over there clearly an editing problem um but then he says she calls me but i think that is in to their mom his wife for oh yeah because she's died in the last movie but it wasn't it wasn't really said who was she he could have had another lover i don't know (laughs) his mistress calls (laughs) and they're all chill something i caught recently on on a on a rewatch is that the sky gets dark and there's a ton of thunder and then Mm -hmm. thor's fist he's like obviously very upset and he starts like his hands kind of start sparking i've never noticed that you're looking it looks like like, you've noticed this before no 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 no, 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 i agree um (laughs) it looks like he's about to like throw down with loki because loki's like thor and then he's like it's your fault and then the black cloud of ominous comes right i i always associated the weather turning with hella's entrance i see how you think rewatch Mm -hmm. right yeah they just they flow really nicely into each other no this is thor being unable to control his emotions because as we know thor is the god of that's when you say thunder (laughs) thunder he's the god of thunder um i also thought that song was in this movie Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. Opportunity. I learned less. <laughs> it really was. But it's in one of them. Mm. Um okay, so 
as Kaylee alluded to, Black Cloud comes in, out walks Kate Blanchett. Let's go. Hella. She looks bomb, scary, very clearly a villain. Um, a lot of black makeup around the eyes. Her clothes are tattered. And we learn she's the god of goddess of death, which is just kind of scary. Um, and doesn't so sound like Thor, a, a great god to be. Just sounds real intense. I know. I just okay. Also, how do they like? Do they? This could be a, a, a side side tangent here. How do they pick what they're the god or goddess of? Is that a gift bestowed to them by Odin, and he was like, "You seem a little off your rocker, goddess of death." Or is it just like, oh, this is who you are? How does that happen? I think it's destiny. You know, like they're destined oh. to be that thing. And they evolve so they're just to born it. Right. Into it. Kind of like how we evolve into our names. However, Loki is a god of <laughs> mischief, but he was adopted. So is he really a god? Or like, can you be giving god properties as you get older or was he never really a god and it was just a fun nickname if there's someone listening that knows a lot more please inform us but this is this is what i know um he's an elf giant was adopted into the gods of asgard um but in both loki season one and two they refer to him as the god of mischief so i wonder if it is something you just kind of get to grow into Hmm. who knows maybe it's it's less about how you were born and more about you know your upbringing <laughs> also he seems kind of short to be like a large elf person is that what you called him an elf giant a frost giant not elf giant i'm so sorry wow oh okay <laughs> big difference <laughs> i was like an elf giant okay frost great great okay. no frost giant because <laughs> also blue and cold I just want to give a shout out to Kate Blanchett at this time because Thor Ragnarok <laughs> came out and then so did Ocean's 8 and she was just hilarious in both. She just delivered whatever year this w- was released. Did both of those come out the same year? Very you know, close this, together. This, movie, this would be a fact check movie, situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie was released in 2017. So I don't know when the other one was. Great year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, Thor and Loki try to like slow slow her roll, but she's like coming in hot. Thor throws his hammer, Mjolnir, and she grabs it with one hand and just shatters it like a beast. Which is, yeah, just really girl bossing hard. It's great. Um, Again, as a side note, this hammer is supposed to only be able to be lifted by those worthy and that it's, like, where Thor gets all of his strength. I mean, it's not where, but that's kind of the idea. So it's a big deal that she just smashes it and he is kind of left a little bit powerless. So Loki calls Bifrost to get them out of there, but then Hela jumps in the Bifrost with them. And this is, I believe, the first time we see it in the Bifrost and not just, like, them getting sucked up and them getting put down on asgard which is fun so it's all these like rainbow streams going past um and then they're like fighting each other in the bifrost and loki gets kind of shot out and then thor goes a little bit farther and then gets shot out um hella makes it to asgard and just starts killing people i mean right and left all of oh i should know this the name of thor's friends he's got like 
the band of three, something like that. No, I don't know what it is. Um, anyways, you see all his friends die, which is sad. Real quick. Oh, yeah, they die real quick. It's it's pretty pretty intense. Um, she spares Scourge, who we remember as our bald friend from before. Our bald um, friend, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so that's what's happening on Asgard. Hella really, really just wrecking havoc. Thor lands, kind of gets dropped onto this planet. And it's covered in junk. Just a junkyard. It's gross. Um, and he, like, gets captured. I was going to skip skip over some of the details of this part, but I know you really like it. Um, but so there's some, like, raiders that try to catch him. And then a spaceship comes down. And who we are introduced as Scrapper142 comes out. And she's very clearly intoxicated stumbling falls off her little ramp trying to trying to have a big grand entrance and um the ravagers kind of don't really pay any attention to her she mercilessly kills all of them (laughs) how did those bullets not hit thor (laughs) that's not practical it was wild yeah it's basically her like ship just shoots and they all evaporate really Mm -hmm. um and then she takes him, and she what she does is she throws this, like, little circle electrode thing on his throat, or his neck, and then she has the, like, remote and con- control, and it basically just, like, electrocutes him, so he's completely incapacitated. Couple thoughts um, to point out yeah, in this scene. Go for it. One, mm-hmm. her ship is white and red and black, and you'll see later that's very much, like, color schemes later in the in the scenes of the movie and then there's a part where she pulls thor and like his cape and it was during that trend time where girlfriends would hold their boyfriend's (laughs) hands on instagram and like have them take photos so that was funny where you just saw the girl in her hand in the back mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it was all cutie and it was only the picture of the girl and then um what was interesting is you originally see Thor try and fight the, like, raider people and, like, just launches one of them, like, super easily. And then later you also see Scrapper 142 do the same. So it's like, huh, they have similar strength. Hmm. Or fighting style. True, true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what she does, and this is a podcast, so you cannot see me, but Kaylee can. <laughs> she punches her fists together to ignite the ship. The ship mimics her arm movements. And then she, like, with elbows parallel to shoulders, like, punches. And, like, that's what shoots out. And that same exact scene Shuri does in Black Panther. Ooh, and that's, that's probably the same how she kind of... Well, no, because it's Asgardian tech. Or, no, it's probably Sakarian tech. Or... Like, how would Wakandan tech get, it's get there? like, trash tech, right? Because it's a whole big dumpster, and there's lots of holes, and everyone throws their crap there. So maybe they threw their crap there from Black Panther. Oh, I see what you're saying. From Wakanda, you mean? Correct. Yes, the movie Black <laughs> Panther is located in Wakanda for the majority of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it, it's interesting. There's a couple parallels to 
things you can see that they clearly took from one movie to the next that they did. Um, anyways, again, really, really deep dive in this unnecessarily. <laughs> um, one other thing, though, um, she calls Thor your majesty after he says, I am Thor, son of Odin. He does not say God or that Odin is a god. Like, he doesn't actually, he just said his name, his name and she calls him your majesty, which is an interesting thing. And we'll find out why later. However, I because Odin is like master or like whatever of the nine realms to me it feels like a lot of places could recognize that outside of like already being from there however they did say Sakaar and Asgard are like opposite sides of the galaxy later on in the movie so yes I agree (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah um, so basically he gets knocked out with a little electroid thing, wakes up and he's in this chair and it's like moving through this like anim- dark animated scene and it's giving you just like a recap of where he is, who's there, and it basically is like a voiceover, which I would like to know and I should look it up, who the voiceover, who was it that did that voiceover? Because they have a very beautiful, soothing voice. It reminded me of like a but- Disney ride where like you're just experiencing it and you're just sitting in a chair. And there's like a voiceover telling you different things. It just gave me very Disney World vibes. But not scary. Oh, that's... No, yeah, that's a really great way to describe it. But this is where we learn he's on a planet called Sakaar. Sakaar is where... Oh, I should have I should have recorded it. Or, like, have it so I could just say it. But it's where all things um, that are lost are found. And this is... Sakaar is run by... The Grand Master, who is played by Jeff Goldblum, very funny character, very fun character. And he has what they call the Contest of Champions. And this is basically a gladiator fight um, where people fight to the death, and it's all for the Grand Master. He's the one in charge. So then Thor, like, wakes, comes out of the voiceover thingy, and he's in front of the Grand Master, and the Grand Master's assistants. Or assistant, who I don't know her Topaz. name. Topaz. Topaz, thank you. Mm-hmm. Topaz is his, like, right-hand person. And that's where he introduces, like, Thor says, like, I'm Thor, um, god of thunder. And for some reason, the Grandmaster refers to him exclusively in this movie as the Lord of Thunder, which just so funny because... <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> or sparkles, because he sparkles a little or bit. Spar- Okay, yes. So Thor gets upset, and then when he says, like, I'm God of Thunder, his hands, like, shoot out little bits of sparkles, and he's, like, that wasn't thunder. That was a little bit of lightning, but not much. Performance issues. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got some performance <laughs> issues. Uh, the Grandmaster kills someone right in front of Thor, which I, I believe is also, it's funny, but, because he, like, melts him. But it's also to really show that the Grandmaster has has some authority and is not just like this goofy character but he's actually pretty ruthless um and then thor looks over and sees loki just chilling not in handcuffs or chained to a chair and they like kind of have a funny little exchange where you learn that loki's been there for a couple weeks and that he's actually the grandmaster's friend um yeah i think okay and this is what I was thinking when I like it is establishing how both brothers like are f- like fighting or like how they like 
conquer their enemy. Like, Loki is, like, deceitful, and, like, he's gonna come in, pretend he's your friend, get what he wants. Like, it's more selfishly motivated, where Thor, like, comes in physically, and he just, like, uses his his strength to try and, like, to beat someone. So it's, like, the two different different ways that you can go about this. So one then thing... Thor gets put... Oh, yep. just one thing I was gonna add is, like, Loki, he wears normally like green or black and then like a green cape but in this movie when he's on sakar he wears like a blue outfit instead and i think people believe that's because he's trying to like gain favor with the grandmaster because the grandmaster loves Ooh. blue he's got it on his face mm-hmm. he's got it on a lot of stuff his nails mm-hmm. yeah well I, i've never heard that i like that it is true he's not wearing his traditional colors Mm-hmm. Um, so then Thor gets put in like the prison holding cell and this is where we meet Korg. 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 I know how much you love him. He's so great. Oh, love him so much. What's not to love? You got a big man. Yeah. <laughs> He's just in a great boy. Okay, so Korg <laughs> Korg is a Cronin, which is a type it's like a species of alien. And he's completely made out of rocks. And he is, like, dressed up as a gladiator. And he's played by Taika Waititi, who is the director of this movie. And every movie that Taika directs, he plays in, which is fun. And so he chooses Korg. Korg's got a really funny voice. Um, He is there because he tried to organize a revolution but forgot to (laughs) print pamphlets or something like that. (laughs) He's just fun. And then we meet Korg's friend, Meek is this, like, weird robot thing. I think he's technically, like, a giant insect, but he's got, like, arms and robotic, like, arms and legs. I personally don't like Meek. I think he's gross. (laughs) I think so, too. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. Can I share a couple Um, fun facts about Korg? Oh, please. Sure. Apparently, in the comics, obviously not really in this movie. I mean, kind of. But he's eight foot one, and he's supposed to be two thousand and like forty five pounds. That's a big boy. <laughs> That's big. <laughs> he's a big boy. That's pretty much what I had, but that was a fun fact. <laughs> oh, that's that's it. That's that fun fact. Um. Well, okay. And now that we're talking about fun facts about Korg, um, I do have another one. And that is that I watched like a an interview with Taika Waititi where he was talking about Korg's character, and he said that the act like the Korg's voice, which as an American I just thought was like a funny voice, is actually the very specific New Zealander accent of like rural New Zealanders or like ancient, not ancient, like traditional New Zealand accent. Hmm. Um, which is fun because Taika was from New Zealand. So didn't know that, but if you watched this movie in New Zealand, maybe you caught on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. For all our New Zealander listeners, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, Korg says that the contest of champions, the Grandmaster's champion, is like ruthless, kills everyone, kill Doug, blah, blah, blah. Um... So we we do get a quick little flashback to Hela on Asgard, and this is where it really, she is taken over. She's, you know, again, killing everyone <laughs> that's trying to defy her. But then she goes into the castle, and there's, like, 
a ceiling of which is like um a picture of kind of like the history of asgard and it's like odin and peace treaties and peaceful flowers and stuff like that and she like brings it down with her like spears and underneath it you see the like older history which was like with her and odin like them slaughtering other other planets which is how they acquired the nine realms and then she goes to the basement and raises zombies <laughs> which are like the dead corpses of like her past army and she uses the eternal flame to do that which is in odin's vault um and then she also revives the giant like her pet dog which is like <laughs> kind of like clifford the big red dog size <laughs> mm-hmm. um his name is fenris fenris um he's a cutie but yeah yeah which everyone dr strange in the multiverse of madness people went like wild for because it was like zombies or like um dr strange was a zombie way back in 2017 we had zombies in marvel so i don't know why that movie Mm. got all the credit because she had an entire army and they were maybe they looked like zombies maybe because that movie was directed by like a horror film director and it was meant to be more like that was the emphasis of the movie whereas i don't feel zombies were the emphasis of thor ragnarok (laughs) thankfully that's that's true that's that's a good point um okay so that was just like a quick little side thing on where where's hella at what what hell is she she doing um so then we get we flash to thor and he's like doing like a traditional asgardian prayer um for his father and his father's death which is i think just like a like little bit remember what happened (laughs) he's mourning his father um and then loki shows up in the like little prison but it's just a projection of him like he's not actually there because he's full of tricks and um basically he like tries to get thor to help or like he like tries to help thor and like tells him loki's plan which is like gonna take years and like maybe not ever actually get back to asgard and um thor is like no we have to go save our planet and our people um even if you know she's technically the firstborn and they both kind of mentioned how they were lied to about their birth loki not knowing he was adopted thor not knowing he wasn't actually the firstborn so seems like kind of just deception is just odin's way of parenting yeah yeah he really probably could have used some some good trauma-informed parenting strategy (laughs) maybe a couple audiobooks yeah i could recommend some um but yeah so then thor gets ready so basically it ends with like loki leaving thor getting mad at him um and then thor goes to get ready to fight the champion and this is where he has a scene with korg and he's like telling him about his hammer and how sad he is that he doesn't have it anymore and that's korg's like it sounds like you had a really special and intimate relationship with yohama (laughs) it's just funny (laughs) um and then he sees scrapper 142 which we learn her name is valkyrie or val which okay i did like a deep dive on like uh a forum like an internet forum <laughs> and there was a big debate over whether her because in this movie and the um thor love and thunder they refer to her as val which is short for valkyrie which is not technically her name that's her like title and so it was like this big controversy of if we like actually know her name or not what and then someone what was said the it, other proposed I, like, name 
I don't remember. I didn't recognize it from anything. I think it was based off like the comics or something. But I like Val. I think it's cute. It fits her. Yeah. Um, but basically, so we, we also learned that she was a Valkyrie, which is an elite force of women warriors that are sworn for life to protect the throne of Odin. And so, and that's like because she has this tattoo, and Thor recognizes it, and he's like, "You have to help me save Asgard. Hela's back." And we learn that Val, who must be much older than Thor, we never talk about age in this movie, but if the fact that Thor had no idea who Hela was, and you know mm-hmm. all that, but basically she says, um, "I lost everything because of that battle before when we tried to oust her. I'm not going back to fight her now." Um, and she's just kind of. A sad, sad drinker. <laughs> Do you think now. like she lost, I mean, clearly loved ones, but like, but do you think it was like, like a love? Because she seems pretty beat up about it or it's all family and stuff like that. So I believe and i think she references this in the next movie thor love and thunder but her partner was another one of the warriors and she sacrificed herself for val so Mm -hmm. i think the the connotation is that it was her lover for Mm. for lack of better words (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i don't they don't give we barely know val's name they definitely don't give us her partner's (laughs) name but um yes i do believe that that was the the unspoken message of that all um yeah and refuses to help you know do anything so then thor before the before the competition gets a haircut um and that's by stan lee rest in peace he did a cameo he's the the comic book writer who created the character one of the people um, and he was uh, in a little cameo of all of the all of the Marvel movies prior to his death. Um, Fun fact about the haircut. So apparently Chris Hemsworth was just kind of, I saw it in one interview that he did, but he was like, practically, you know, it'd take two hours like every day to put on the wig. So it just made more sense to not have it. <laughs> Other people claim it's like yeah. having short hair is a form of slavery or you know, inferiority or something like that, but. Oh, yeah. Well, and they, he says something about like, my hair is sacred. You can't touch it. Um, mm. And like Loki has kind of long, I mean, not as long as Thor's, but his hair is a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So I do buy that. It's important. Um, I personally think he looks very good with it short. Me or as well. Long. Um, yes. So, then he goes into the ring, and this is, like, a big reveal, and I, I'm trying to remember the very first time we watched this. I don't think I knew Hulk was coming. I didn't either. Which was really fun. It might have been because yeah. of, like, the two beers or three beers we had, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that had nothing to do with it. I had no idea. <laughs> but I also anticipated it being, like, this huge, like, watching it in theaters, I I anticipate it being similar to like Spider Man across or not across Spider Man Spider Man. Oh my gosh! Home Help coming? me out. Far from no. home. No. Uh, no way home. No way home. <laughs> Spider Man No Way Home, the most recent Spider Man, when Andrew Garfield and um, 
Tobey Maguire came, that was like such a fun reveal that no one knew. Like in being in the theater and having people like screaming, I anticipate that had I watched this for the first time in the theater, it would have been a similar reaction seeing Thor because or Hulk because he was kept out of all of the like promotional stuff. And I got that experience to watch it in the theaters, <sighs> and it was pretty wild. It was right up there, but not quite as much when everyone came back in Avengers Endgame with the big orange circle things like people like stood up and applauded in theaters it was wild but no it was it was maybe a couple steps down from that everyone was pretty jacked jazz both because there's just two (laughs) there's just like two really lovable characters Mm -hmm. which is just fun um question yeah well as a tangent but do you feel like hulk was super lovable before this movie what a I great could, question. I could take him or leave him <laughs> before. Yeah. No, I think well, I so okay. Yeah. I think I think you're you hit something there. Thor wasn't very lovable prior to this movie. Either. But he's still beautiful. I mean, so I think people like that. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> that's true. And he was but no, okay, no, I do. I, I think Hulk was less lovable, but I think Bruce Banner has always been lovable. Well, yeah, I think I like him. <laughs> I think this this movie did a lot for both their characters, but mm-hmm. I think that people were starting to like both their characters. Like it wasn't like they were like, "Who's this guy? No one cares." Like it was exciting, and because neither of them were in Civil War, which was prior to this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it had been a minute. We were excited. Yeah, we'll have to at some point we can table it, but I feel like they really dropped the ball with the. Black Widow and Hulk relationship. They just barely mentioned it, but that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, again, a whole other podcast. <laughs> we got time. We got time. Um, also, believe it or not, this podcast is not intended to be just Marvel, <laughs> but that's what we both know best. This is okay, really so- where we geek hard. This is where we thrive. Um, but so basically Thor enters the um, competition ring and he's, you know, very nervously waiting for the Grandmasters champion to come out. Thor busts out. Everyone goes wild. It's very exciting. Thor gets really excited. Oh, wait, prior to this, as a side note, the outfit that like the gladiator type outfit that Thor is wearing in the ring is very similar to his comic book traditional outfit with the helmet, which is super fun. Um, and and there's really... blue and red in it. So again, a lot of blue and red in Sakaar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never noticed that until, until you're saying this. The whole arena was no. blue. The sand was blue. This guy loves blue. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think it's because he couldn't use purple, green, or re- um, gold, really. Mm. Okay, so... Um, Thor, Hulk does not recognize Thor and is kind of just like in his monster brain, um, and almost kills him. (laughs) And so Thor is like, don't worry, buddy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you get back to Bruce Banner, tries to knock him out. So that's like an actual, like they are fighting. Um, there's a couple of funny scenes here. Do you want to talk about them? Well, the one is i think it's very common knowledge now but the he's a friend from work was a recommendation from a make a wish the kid make a wish kid uh when they were on set one day and then a lot of this 
movie was actually improv parts of it i saw i just didn't know if i could fact check that but there's quite a bit apparently of just like improv funny bits i, I think we could say whatever we want and someone <laughs> fact checks it we'll never know <laughs> But yeah, there's a really funny the he's a friend from work and I feel like every time you hear someone say it it has to be done in a um uh, Australian accent because that's how Thor says it. Otherwise it sounds wrong. Um Yeah. Um but so Thor is getting pounded by Hulk and he uh, like kind of blacks out <laughs> and sees a vision of his dad in Norway. I know it, it like it's kind of a weird, like, he just sees his dad, and then he, his eyes glow blue, his hands, the sparks start coming out, and he, like, jumps up and, like, smashes, and again, we hear the song, or beats from the song of Led Zeppelin's immigration song. Um, but then, as Thor is about to win, the Grandmaster uses the little electrode thing that is still in Thor's neck, and he, like, knocks him out, so technically... What a cheater. Cheat! Um... Yeah. So then when Thor wakes up, he's in Hulk's suite, and Hulk tells um, him that he's been Hulk for, like, two... He's Since he can remember, so which we know is as two years. Um, this is also fun because Thor is very shirtless. He <laughs> looks Correct. very yes. good. I think it's the only part of the movie we see him shirtless in. I would um, agree with that, yes. So yes. props for whoever made this and their self-control. <laughs> <laughs> but this is we also see thor or hulk's he's like chilling in a hot tub nude and he like gets out of the hot tub and you see his butt which is kind of fun, kind of fun. and thor sees something <laughs> very different right thor sees the front we do not <laughs> we the just front. see the back <laughs> for thor's um, eyes only uh, yeah yeah well okay but i am curious because obviously it's all like CGI'd. So did, but like when they do it, at least the face, they like have all those dots. So they have to like put dots on someone's butt, <laughs> like someone's actual butt. I don't know. I'm uh, not that I spend a lot of time thinking about that, but I do think about that. It's for the imagination. There we go. Maybe one day when I'm on a movie set, I'll know. Um, so this is also where we learn that Hulk got there from the Quinjet when he left Age of Ultron. So that's, again, how we know he's been there for two years. But that also tells us that there is a spaceship on the planet. But Hulk also doesn't want to leave because he thinks everyone on Earth hates him. Um, so then we flash back to Asgard and we learn that, um, all of the, like, commoners are going into hiding because Hela's just, you know ruthless and heimdale has is helping her or helping the cop like the commoners sorry not her um like find safe passage and he stole the like sword that helps open the bifrost so hella and her zombie armies cannot go past asgard but that means that it is and so then heimdale like there's this weird thing that they don't really explain very well but thor like calls to Heimdall and they can kind of like talk I think it's like telepathically and then Heimdall like allows him to see what he's seeing okay it's funny talking like when you're watching a movie you just kind of like take things as face value but having to explain it I'm like wow this makes no sense well but basically what there's okay so some fun facts about Heimdall if you're curious so he's a superhuman who has superhuman strength 
and Asgardian durability. Plus, he has acute senses and then broadening on, like, extrasensory. So maybe that gives him the ability to... I mean, he can focus specific information or block it out from his consciousness as he chooses, and he can do it, like, anywhere, anywhere across the nine realms. And he <laughs> regularly consumes mystical apples. Fun fact. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he, he's kind of like just an all-knowing dude. Mm-hmm. And that's why they could never capture him. Like, Hella couldn't, because he can see things coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically he tells, he shows... Thor, what Hela's doing, how endangered the people are, and he also mentions that Hela gets all of her power from Asgard, so the longer she's there, the more powerful she becomes. And this mm. is portrayed through her clothing, so when she first arrives back from her, like, banishment, her clothes are, like, completely torn, She's her makeup's all over, she's kind of a wreck. <laughs> Looks like she's had a long night. But mm. then, when she gets back to Asgard like right away some of those tears in her clothing mend and her like Mm. um, makeup is a little neater and then like the more we see her the more her clothing is like fixing itself and the more she's looking like like, stronger and more put together so the longer she's there the stronger she is that's also when we learn that Thor gets his power from Asgard um so which again plot oh no you say your comment I was just gonna say kind of a plot hole which we'll discuss later Oh, because clearly Asgard later, spoiler alert, goes away, but he still has power. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why Why is that? Feels like a gap. Right. Or plot hole. <laughs> For those that don't know what plot hole are, like myself. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... Basically, Thor tries to recruit um, Val again because she comes and trains with Hulk. And so that's when he sees her Um, and that he's trying to put together a team, which is him and Val and Hulk. And she's like, nope. Hulk's like, nope. Um, But that that's when he steals the electrode thingy back and gets it out of his neck. So now he's free to roam. He busts out of the um window and goes to the quinjet and hulk follows him and kind of destroys the quinjet so this spaceship no longer no longer an option but that's also when hulk is able he sees the video that black widow sent and um reverts back to bruce banner fun fact about that scene when thor is trying to get access to the ship he goes through strongest avenger smartest avenger whatever it is and then he's like, ah, F you, Stark. And he says, point break. And um, point break essentially is a reference to a movie called Point Break with Patrick Scorsese. <laughs> and they bring it up in the first Marvel movie. So, like, Tony Stark calls Patrick Thor. Swayze. What did I say? It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Oh, I see. I see. But yeah, Tony Stark in the first Avengers movie, when he first met Thor, called him Point Break, likely because of his hair. Yes, because Patrick Swayze in that movie has really long, flowy blonde hair, similar to Thor. Point Break. Um, Thank you for explaining that, because I knew it was from something, but never actually knew. And now I just Googled Point Break, and they actually do look pretty similar. (laughs) So, yeah. 
fun stuff. Um, and that's also when they call Bruce Banner the strongest Avenger, and Thor gets a little salty. Real salty. Real salty. Um, but basically, Banner says, I was just Hulk for two years, and I had no idea. I can't get back into like Hulk form, or I might never come out, and that's dangerous. And Hulk's kind of like, yeah, well, or Thor's like, you're a little bit more helpful as Hulk, but it's fine. <laughs> Which is um, so funny because, I mean, spoiler, later he, you know, does what he does. And I'm just like, he didn't seem too worried about it in the moment. Well, because he knew that Asgard needed it. It was, see, this is where we love him because he's so fun and great and like willing to sacrifice. Willing to make the big sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is also where they start, they like are going through the street and they disguise themselves. And basically all he does is like put a blanket over his head and then like sometimes hold it over his face. And Val sees them and is like, that's not really a disguise. Super sneaky. Super sneaky. In the next movie, Thor Love and Thunder, when they go in disguise in Olympia, all they have is like, it's almost the same exact disguise, which is just really funny. Um, but that's when she tells them that she's willing to help them and that she has Loki, kind of. Prior to this, a little part I missed in an attempt to try and summarize, but not. Um, Loki and Val are both trying to find Thor because that brings them in good favor with the Grand Champion. Um, Master. And Loki and Val... Yeah, thank you. Grandmaster. Um, Loki and Val are, like, fighting, and Loki uses his, like, magic to see into her memories. And you see the scene when they were fighting against Hela back in the day when they were in their, like, Valkyrie outfits. And that's where you see one of the other warriors, like, jump in front of her and, like, push her out of the way to save her. And, um... Yeah, so that's how she... Then she, like, knocks Loki out and gets him. And this is all... So... Back to Thor, Val, Banner, all um, teaming up. And then Thor's like, let's call ourselves the Revengers because we're all trying to get revenge. Um, which just a little funny thing. And then Banner, again, the last time he saw Loki was when he was trying to kill everyone on Earth. Um, or in New York, I guess. But they're tr- discussing whether they can trust Loki or not. And there's this absolutely beautiful scene. <laughs> which is Gold. All I- just purely pure gold um and i think parts of it are definitely um improvised like i want to say the story of the snake is improvised um because if you watch um mark ruffalo who plays bruce banner he's like kind of laughing in it (laughs) um but basically it's like thor being they're all saying like i don't know if we can trust him he lies to us and then thor recounts a story from when they were kids where he like turned him loki turned himself into a snake and then because he's fond of snakes he's he's fond of snakes and then (laughs) thor or loki turned back into loki and stabbed him (laughs) and he just the way he delivers the line is so stinking funny and the very first time we watched this movie and i if you know me i don't like to stop movies when i'm watching them like i don't power through kind of woman way through yes i can run to the bathroom so fast because i don't like to pause movies um i paused this movie at that spot because i was laughing so hard i could not hang it's funny and to this day every single time i watch it it's my absolute favorite part like val's Um, neck while she's listening to thor tell the story 
she just keeps retreating further and further into the right side of her <laughs> shoulder because she's like, what the actual heck am I listening to right now? Each one of them so accurately portrays like how their character would be feeling in that moment. <laughs> and the way that Thor just says it all so fast. And then he's like, ah! and then he stabbed me. <laughs> it's funny. And then I smile Anyways. from Tommy Hiddleston <laughs> afterwards. So basically, they're saying, we need a ship. And Loki's like, I have the codes to the Grandmaster's ships. Um, and so they're like, fine, we'll trust you. Get us a ship. Um, and then to create a distraction so they can go get the ships, they recruit, they free all the prisoners, and Korg starts a revolution. Because that's what he's good at doing. Unless um, and then Loki and he Thor- forgets the pamphlets. Mm-hmm. Which this time he didn't have any pamphlets. <laughs> it's not required. It was a really impromptu revolu- revolution. A casual revolution, if you will. Uh huh. Um. So then Loki and Thor go to the garage. Um. To get the ship, and on the ele- in the elevator, they have a cute little heart to heart where they talk about how Odin brought them together and how his death is going to split them apart. Um, and then Loki mentions staying behind and Thor is like, yeah, this type of lawless place is perfect for you where you can, you know, be selfish. And that's just what people do here. And Loki's like, you think so little of me. And there's this beautiful line where Thor is like, Loki, I thought the world of you. I wanted to fight side by side forever, but you're you and I'm me. And that's just the way it is. Um, just a great, great scene here. I think it's very underrated. Tom Hiddleston's facial expressions, just beautiful. The script just really pulls at the heartstrings. It's just two brothers. It's good stuff. <laughs> and what's fascinating in this part is actually Thor was deceiving Loki while he was sharing all those nice things. Yeah, it does. It makes it sad. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't love that because I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful brother sibling thing. And then it's like, actually, I didn't trust you at all. But yes, he puts one of the little electrodes on Loki's back during that conversation. They, so they get off the elevator and they do what's called get help, which this was written into the script like day of. They didn't actually know what was going to happen. Um, but it's that's so where, good. yeah. Do you want to explain what get help is? Yeah, it's where Thor says, hey, help me, my brother. We need help. We need help. Everyone comes running. And what is he and doing? Just- He's holding Loki. Like, yeah, yeah, Like, Loki is, That's like, <laughs> injured, right? <laughs> right, right. That is an important detail. And then he just chucks Loki and all the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> just throws him. Get and Loki help. doesn't want to do it because he's like, it's embarrassing. And Thor's like, not for me. Because <laughs> he looks all brave and strong. Um, But, yes. So then, per typical loki he does actually try to sabotage thor by setting off an alarm but then thor is like actually you're predictable and like set the electrode off so loki's like electrocuted getting electrocuted and thor just leaves and steals the ship um and then you learn that the ship that he steals is actually the grandmaster's ship for when he has orgies a good time and doesn't have any guns yeah and once yeah they know it they do say orgies yeah i was like did i make that up they do, they do. I didn't make that up. Um, and then there's some fun scenes where Thor and Val are jumping from spaceship to spaceship to fight off the people. And then they end up going through the big hole in, like, portal off the planet, which, which will get them to Asgard the fastest. The Devil's it's Anus. Called, 
<laughs> it is called the devil's anus. That is funny. Fun fact. Um. So Heimdall, when he reveals like what's happening in Asgard, so Thor's like, "What am I to do?" And then Heimdall's like, "There's holes all over the place. Go in the biggest one." And what's funny is I looked up like stuff about Thor in the comics, and if you look at like intelligence, he scores quite low. So like he didn't even know how to get out of the place until Heimdall told him. That's funny. Yes, it is definitely made as a joke in earlier movies that Thor's kind of just good looks and brute strength, but not a lot going on upstairs. A nice heart. Um, great heart, and I think he he tries. You know, um, there's also a really good song that's playing during that fight scene. I don't remember what it was, but it's a bop. Loki goes with Korg on. They all leave the car as well. And so then Val, Hulk, and Thor get to Asgard and they split up and Val and Hulk go get the people off the planet. Thor goes and meets Hela. They have a little heart to heart about um, what it takes to be a, a ruler. And then they fight and Thor loses an eye. And so something we maybe didn't mention earlier is that his dad, Odin, also had an eye patch and didn't have an eye. So same now eye, he. Right? Yes, same eye. What are the two? So now they look kind of similar. Well, I, it makes me think that Hela was the one that made Odin lose an eye. Everything breaks out into all-out chaos. Banner turns into Hulk to fight the big dog. But does um, he? Not at first. Okay, well, at first he just falls like a little. It's a funny like scene because he jumps. <laughs> <laughs> he like jumps off the plane onto the like bridge and just like bounces and <laughs> looks like he died. Like a dead fish uh, flopping on the dock. Yes. Um, and then the people are warring with the zombies. Korg and Loki show up, and Loki's got his big helmet with the horns. It's very good. And they brought the big spaceship, so they're getting all of the people off of Asgard onto the spaceship. So Hela almost kills Thor, and then again he has a vision of his dad. Um, but in this this time he like goes to his dad and talks to him, and his dad is like, You only ever see half the picture, you don't need your hammer. The hammer was just meant to kind of control or focus the power but that's not the source of his strength and then his dad also says quote asgard isn't a place but a people and so he's saying that like and then there's like a little bit of a reference to asgard being in norway mm -hmm. um and then odin tells thor he's stronger than he knows and that he can um like needs to destroy the planet because that's where hella draws her power from and that like Asgard isn't just the place, but the people who are Asgard, and that could be anywhere. Um, so then Thor powers up and just destroys. Again, we hear the song from the very beginning, the immigrant song. Um, Scourge then also, you know, sacrifices himself for the people because he did a lot of bad things earlier. With, so a little bit of redemption there for Scourge. With a good tool, Desen Troy from Texas. <laughs> Uh, his two machine guns in the beginning, yes. The two machine guns in the beginning that he gets, he really likes them, and he calls them Dez and Troy, and together they destroy. And they did at the end. They really did. They saved the day. Also, yes. in the beginning scene, a uh, little um, weight gyrating thing that Scourge plays with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, wow. if you haven't Reframe seen it, how you really say go that. back. <laughs> The little, 
uh, muscle it's a weight. Shake weight. <laughs> a shake weight. Okay, so the shake weight that Scourge uses apparently is actually the director's, and he brought it when he directed Green Lantern or a different film that he directed. He also brought it on set. So apparently, it's like a a thing that's been brought to many movies. Wait, Taika Waititi is the director. Yeah. It was his. He didn't direct Green Lantern? Well, either way. Or Green Hornet. One of the two. Either way, he brought the little workout shake he, weight he thing. He did! You're right! He Thanks. directed Green Lantern! <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't be so... <laughs> but that was a terrible movie. <laughs> Yeah. It was. It's like notoriously known for being a bad movie, and I just, mm. I really think that he doesn't make bad things, so that surprises me. People grow. Um, There's growth, is what we're learning, and also have a shake weight. Yes, shake. Back weight. to you. Let's remember that name, that term. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Okay. So, okay. As as a side tangent, a friend of mine once told me that. Um, she doesn't like when people do really bad things and then sacrifice themselves to die in the end because it's actually like an easy way for them to like not actually have to pay for the consequences of their actions. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I don't like sacrifice as redemption for characters because it's actually not like it's them taking the easy way out and not having to face the repercussions of their actions. Um, which, yeah, I really think she has a great point and. It's very true. And I think specifically for Scourge, like, he went against his people, he sided with the villain, he did all these horrible things, and then it was like, oh, let me just, like, sacrifice myself for the people. Great thing, but it also means you don't have to, I mean, maybe it is you're paying in the biggest way possible, but I don't know. It's just interesting. Did did Scourge actually do something wrong ever? Because he was kind of like, well, okay, it's the bystander effect, right? (laughs) He literally, like, never executed someone when, like, he was supposed to execute that woman and they're like, wait, we know. And, like, he didn't want to, like, I'm not saying he's a good guy and he shouldn't comply with the bad people. But if anything, he just delayed Hela from doing worse because he was so incompetent at his role. No, I disagree. (laughs) I think if you are going to side with the villain... That makes you a villain. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can look into why, but like he turned his back on his people. They That's were true. fighting. Like all of the people that died were trying to fight her, and he was just like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to fight you. And then he like threatened, like, would he have actually killed that girl? Ooh, I, I think know. he would have. But either way, it, it forced them to give up their spot, their hiding spot. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> the bald guy, <laughs> not my favorite. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, where were we? We're really getting close to the end here, folks. <laughs> Hang in there. Oh, so it's just basically the final battle, and it's like Loki, Thor, and Val versus Hela, and they just all are in their traditional outfits. It looks great. Um, and Ooh. then I just want to pause right here because remember earlier we were talking about how Loki was wearing blue. Somehow he was able to magically change, which I guess he is mystical, into his normal exactly colors. 
No, I know. But like on the little <laughs> ship van thing from Asgard or from Sakar to Asgard, he managed to think, oh, I should change. And so he changed into his normal traditional Loki colors when he was on Asgard. Just why? Like Thor didn't. Anyway. Well, Thor has always been in his outfit. Right, but he had, like, the blue thing and the red thing, and his other traditional one, he had, like, a full cape and everything. Anyway. Yeah. His cape got ripped, that's why it was full. <laughs> but, I know. <laughs> in the beginning. I just figured he could, oh. like, put on a new one to fight Hela, but no, he still looks kind of nasty, and Loki's all, like, primp and proper. Yeah. Okay. Final battle, Thor says, we need to cause, like, we can't stop trying to prevent Ragnarok. We need to cause Ragnarok because, again, it will destroy the planet, which will destroy Hela um, because she's just going to grow more powerful. Um, And so how they do that is Loki goes to Odin's vault where Sutter's crown is, and then he puts it in the eternal flame, and that, like, causes him to grow big as a a mountain um, and then burns... Well, yeah, the quote earlier is big as a house. And he's like, a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, so base, so then Hela goes to stop Surtur instead of fighting Thor. And then they get away on a ship. um, And then Loki shows up. Why would Hela go and fight Surtur if, like, she could have a lot of powers elsewhere? Just like Thor, just like Loki. I mean, Loki's different. He's adopted. Well, okay. This is, I think, a good discussion. Because I think that is showing the difference. when. So when they were having that com- conversation about, like, how to rule, for her, it was all about power. And her power comes from Asgard. And so she, like, wanted as much power as possible, whereas... Thor actually stopped using his like brute strength and started like thinking more strategically. And so he knew like, this is you're going to be too consumed with keeping what you have versus seeing the bigger picture, which is what his dad had told him earlier. Like, you know, only see half the picture. There's more to this. She could only see half the picture. She could only see, I need to keep this thing. um, Even if it's going to be the death of me versus he was like, no, it's the people that are important. And I want to, like, as the ruler, I want to keep them safe, not just the place safe. And so the best way to do that is to get them out of here. Hmm. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I just think it's interesting because she kept saying how the next task is to conquer all these other realms. But I guess if, like, her source of power is there, her whole army is there, and it's all kind of driven based off of it, too, it makes sense that she would stay. But I felt like she could have tried to just like escape with the other people but that makes sense if she was all consumed in that mm-hmm. yeah yeah but so basically the movie ends with them on this giant ship and their thor is like taking his rightful place on the throne and then saying like they're like where do we want to go next and he's like let's go to earth because that's where we're going to find our new home in norway so did you notice when they all were like kind of bowing to him? He was walking up, and they're like, "You are now the king." He looked kind of like nervous, looking back. Like it kind of felt like he didn't feel like he was sitting in the right spot. 
Oh, for sure. I think, okay, this is, yes, I very much agree because he's, like, never wanted to be ruler. This is a consistent thing in all of the movies from the Except first, the first one, one, right? No, he wanted to just go out and, like, party and, like, fight. And his dad was like, you need to, like, be more serious because mm-hmm. you're going to have to take over the throne eventually. And he was like, nah. Um, yeah, I have mixed feelings on him taking the throne at the end. Because the start of the next movie, Love and Thunder, he isn't king. And I don't even know if they explain why he's not. I think it's, um, again, spoiler alert. But most of the Asgardians are dead. And then they kind of oh, get yeah, displaced. Oh, yeah, because then he goes into a depression. So, yeah. And then the whole movie is about what sort of thing will fulfill the big hole in Thor's gaping heart. The gaping hole right, in right, Thor's right. heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think, and again, this, I think, leads to, like, Thor's storyline throughout the four movies is slightly disjointed. I think there is still a very strong through line, but it is kind of like, okay, we're going to make him king. Oh, maybe not. Okay, he's going to do this. Eh, maybe not. Um, I think this movie did a lot in terms of, like, helping him realize his purpose as of, like, towards his people, and that's helped plant the seeds for, like, why when half of his people were slaughtered it like had such an impact on him Mm -hmm. and And then yeah gave up his throne and in the first end credits because apparently i'm all about clothing color but thor and loki are wearing all black and then thanos's ship shows up so foreshadowing and they're gonna die like a death (laughs) yeah oh (laughs) yeah yeah, so the end credit scene, Thanos' ship shows up. We don't actually see him killing anyone. That's kind of the start of Infinity War. I think when... So, Thor is my favorite Marvel superhero. I love Thor. And I think a lot of people... Like, I think this character gets a lot of hate because all four of his movies are a little bit disjointed per se um but i think this movie specifically gives him a ton of character development and then the fourth movie love and thunder kind of wraps together all of them in like a nice a nice bow but if you watch each movie independently there's like a there's it doesn't like fully represent him and so i think in this movie he's shown like a lot of his like him being the firstborn, him like his princeship with being Odin's son, and then um, your oh having Mjolnir like destroyed. It's like all of these things that he like really put so much of his identity into are taken away or questioned. And like yeah, like you said, like he never wants to be king, but yet he was like placed on the throne. Um, and so it's just like an interesting thing that i think this movie showed like yeah he was he was starting to lose a lot and in like the next few movies like we had alluded to like he loses his people he's lost his home his brother dies his parents have died like every single person in his life heimdall dies like everyone is dying 
Um, and like even the things that aren't as tangible as people are being taken from him. And so I think it like is really showing us his resilience, what he's kind of gone through. Yeah. Thoughts? No, I'd agree. I think Infinity War and Endgame also like this movie along with those two movies i feel like really develop him into a character that like you really start to love as well like the first two not so much like again i would say thor is probably my favorite no definitively he is also my favorite um but again i think it's because also the other nostalgia of watching it with you but yeah i would say those three movies for me kind of like really solidified and sealed it it kind of felt like the thor love and thunder was like again him just trying to discover himself and what makes sense and also more hardship with like jane foster dying right like just a lot of Mm -hmm. hardship but it's funny how like i feel like he has the most hardship but his funny or his movies are normally the most funniest since Thor, like Ragnarok. Right. Well, and that's what I was about to say. And so for those of you that don't know, the first one was fine, but the second one was really hated. <laughs> A lot of people don't like Thor Dark World, and I don't blame them. It's very dark and kind of, he's like just this like broody, boring um, guy. It's, they're not funny like they're, those movies are not comedy <laughs> they are like thor the second one the dark world like is super important for like the storyline to get to like your end game or infinity war though right they do a lot but for his character and i i read somewhere that they were really trying to like the way he talked was very shakespearean and like really like trying to be very like regal or royal and that why like people loved this movie so much because yeah it's like funny and he speaks more human like you he and like with all that loss that he's experienced like he's just so much more human and that's what makes us like love him so much more um like much more relatable in that way right like all of his royal like he is better than thou or top of the asgardian you know whatever like that's all been ripped away and been being ripped away yeah yeah absolutely and i think we really see him kind of start to come into like his true strength here as well with like he doesn't need mjolnir anymore because he has like the the strength from within it's not like being redirected at his hammer almost or like hiding behind his hammer um i think part of that again this is all part of his story but i i did hear somewhere that like Chris Hemsworth came to the producers prior to this movie and was like, I'm bored with my character. I'm sure everyone else is bored with my character. Like we need to change this guy because people don't like find him that human. People don't find him that endearing. And so this movie is such stark contrast to dark world because they were like, and I think Taika Waititi had a huge part in that of like, he's such a goofy guy and he knows how to really like draw you in. And the, um, yeah, so there is, like, this really stark difference between the second and the third. And I think people were really expecting the fourth one to be like three. And you just can't do Ragnarok again. It's too good. Yeah, and so people were so let down because... something that's so perfect. It's too hard. 
They they overdid exactly. it, in my opinion. Like the goats, just why? I mean, I get they're funny, but the, like the goats are so stinking funny to me. It's too much, too much. I I don't need to hear. Screeching. It's also very accurate to comics. Um, but no, I think and this we I guess we could maybe talk about this if you feel like it's relevant, but. I loved Love and Thunder, and I think I was among the few. But I think, again, when you think about the stark difference between the second and the third, one being really dark, boring, brooding, one being ridiculously funny and colorful and lighthearted, and Love and Thunder is getting to be more of that balance between the two. But when everyone expects it to be one or the other, and it's this middle ground, it throws people. And again, we're just digging deeper and deeper into, like, who he is as a character where he places his identity. What is that in? Is it in people? Is it in his family? Is it in his abilities? Or is it in his role as a person, a father, a partner? And I think the reason why Love and Thunder didn't stick for me is because there was no other, like, second main character that was someone we were already very comfortable with, in my opinion. Like, the secondary characters were all new? Well, not that they were all new. They just weren't at the same playing field. Like, in Thor Ragnarok, it was actually, like, the Hulk and Thor. It was about Thor, but, like, there was both of them. In Love and Thunder, it was more just, like, his own, which is fine. And that's why you didn't like it? Yeah, I feel like I like it when they have multiple leading characters, because then you just, like, can focus on both of them. That's why, like, the Avengers and all those are normally very good. My friend Sandy likes to call those crossovers <laughs> in a Marvel movie that has two characters. I love it. She's like, it's a crossover. We're like, nope, it's just a movie. <laughs> um, love, uh, love Sandy. It's great stuff. Um, yes. But, oh, there was also something he repeated multiple times in this movie because that's what heroes do. And so I think it's also him finally recognizing his role or identity as a hero Mm. and i think like not a god not son of odin but just like hero for the people yeah i think he identifies more as like that avenger role versus a god versus a Mm -hmm. ruler of people he is a protector of people uh, especially when there's injustice i think is kind of his his thing Right. Well, and I think, again, this is interesting because Loki season two is coming out right now. And that's something they reference a lot is Loki being a god. And like, just that that difference in like, hero versus god. They're different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just a little bit of a, how this movie was received. It made, and this Whenever I talk about, like, money and movies, it kind of blows my mind and makes me sad, so I try not to think about it too much. This movie made $855 million worldwide. $316 million in the U.S. and Canada. Just, again, to me, mind-blowing. I don't know how much it costs to make this movie, but still very much made money. Yes. Um, it's Rotten Tomatoes score is in ninety three percent, which is pretty good. Yeah, quite high. It's the the fourth ranked Marvel movie on Rotten Tomatoes. If you're curious, because I was the number one is Black Panther at ninety six. Hmm. Um, and then some rankings online have it as like the number two Marvel movie. 
So I would agree with people, that statement. <laughs> yeah, other people really liked this movie. It's not just us. <laughs> this movie does not pass the Bechtel test. What is that? Which is where... Oh, fun fun fact, it's where a movie or show where two or more people of a mar- two people of a marginalized gender that have names talk to each other about something other than a man. And the only character like the the main female characters in this movie are Hella and Val and, and they Topaz. And well, so and Topaz, but she I wouldn't consider her a main character, but she is a named character. Um yeah, and they they don't really interact. They're, and this is where I went down a wormhole on the internet, is where people were discussing whether Topaz and Val interact or not. But it's, like, through the Grandmaster that they talk. Which the Grandmaster is a male-identifying character, so it doesn't count. It does not pass, yes. Mm. Um, and that was, again, where people got all up in arms about Val's name not being Val, and so it th- can't count because we don't know her name. Oh. Yeah, it was it was interesting. But yes, it does not pass. Um which is a bummer because there are two pretty strong female roles in it. Yeah. Do they not talk on the bridge? Val and Hella? Cuz Hella says something to her where she was like, "Oh, are you going to try and defend something again or here we go again?" Yeah, no, I don't think so. I oh. mean, like, if they say something, there's not, like, a response. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I guess the only other thing that I wanted to touch on is the impact that this movie had on Hulk's storyline. Um, I think this sets the stage for a lot of what happens with Hulk and Banner and their relationship and, you know, not wanting to be Hulk and staying as Hulk and kind of that whole thing in future stories and that, like, it all really stemmed from here. Also, fun fact for anyone that watched She-Hulk, we learned that Bruce Banner, Hulk, had um, a kid with someone during his time on Sakaar, and his kid's name is Scar. And they show up in the end credit scene in She-Hulk. Um, and there's just, like, little Easter eggs about him maybe having gone back and forth between Sakaar over the years. Um, which is kind of fun. <laughs> which I'm curious if he knew about, because it felt like when Bruce Banner comes out of being, like, Hulk, he doesn't remember anything for the last two years. So I think it's fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that also could really bring in some interesting questions around consent. <laughs> oof, oof, death. Um, but it also is mentioned in earlier Marvel movies that he can't have a kid. So, is that another one of them plot holes? <laughs> well, I, no, I think it. I think it could be answered because he couldn't have a kid as a human, but when he's permanently in Hulk form, you know, maybe <laughs> because his kid is like half hulk looking do you think he had a kid pre or post this movie like on sakar like i don't during his time on sakar when he was like the fighter and in the grandmaster's prison essentially or do you think he went back after i don't know man i i i hope that that gets answered for me if i were to 
take a guess, I would like to think that, like, story-wise, it makes more sense for him to have had a kid while he was there or conceived a kid while he was there. But, again, questioning a lot of consent then. (laughs) (laughs) So I I mean, he seemed to be of mind when he was there. Like, when he was talking to Thor and, like, Val and stuff like that. Right, but he's talking as Hulk versus Banner, and so I like it better when, like, they're both present like towards the end of this the movies like towards end game when like he finds a way to like mash both of them that I, feels like everyone has consent oh from a consent standpoint all on board on that i just feel like i don't like smart banner in hulk's body it's just a weird just situation. like on a personal note yeah i just don't yeah. like it <laughs> yeah i get that I get that. Um, but also, so some foreshadowing that happens in this movie, you were talking a lot about color. Um, when in the very beginning, there's a scene where um, Thor like slaughters this like dragon and the slime is bright green and purple. Yes. And then when he, Thor is on Earth, his shirt it, the, um, is layered and he's got a purple and green shirt being layered. And then when he's in the fighting ring, there's smoke and fireworks and that is also all purple and green and this is all prior to us seeing hulk so there's a lot of little easter eggs just i i as a personal note i find color schemes in movies to be very interesting because i think it tells us a lot about who we're seeing who's being represented how they're being represented like in beauty and the beast Belle is the only one to wear a blue dress in the beginning movie and that's how we see or in the beginning scene and that's how we like know where she is Mm. yeah as this is not a Beauty and the Beast episode, but she she is my favorite princess, so we could do one on that movie. For those Disney fans. Um, speaking of favorites, I've already talked about my favorite scene, which is hands down the the conversation about the snake scene. What is your favorite scene? There's a lot of good ones. Oh, there's so many. Mm, we've talked about almost all of them but i think the thing that guarantees makes me laugh is the des and troy part <laughs> where he makes the guns <laughs> go destroy because it's just it's just so ridiculous that's well, that's funny i was not i would not have guessed that was your favorite part <laughs> favorite i don't know that's just the part that's guaranteed to make me laugh it's too hard it's yeah too hard. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. There, there's a lot of good laughs in this movie there are Okay, question time. All right, hit me with it. For a different version, uh, who would you have fun with? Who would you marry? And who would you maim? Okay, I would say to have a fun time with, I think, I think Val would be fun. I think she would be, have, be a great girls' night out, grabbing some cocktails. She's pretty pretty intense so maybe we could do some axe throwing or something <laughs> really let I think the rage she would out just be a fun friend exactly mary hands down thor because he's just the best <laughs> and then it could be in my life forever <laughs> um but you yeah. you have and seen him at different so- stages of his life you're open to to keeping that around well yeah yeah I know what you're talking about. But yes. <laughs> she got a gym member me- membership, weight. so we're good. <laughs> it's true. Um to to hurt 
I'm a pretty peaceful person. I don't like to hurt people. <laughs> or to, or to um, melt. Probably like, Scourge. I don't like Scourge. She doesn't like the, the bald. bald guy. <laughs> I would get him out because I don't think he's, he's helpful. All right. Those are my three. Not a lot. Those are just kind of off the top of my head. Not a ton of mm. thought behind it. What's yours? All right. Mine is uh, F or fun. Uh, Thor. Uh, he'd be very fun to hang out with. <laughs> um, and then some. Uh, post haircut, though. That is a requirement. And pre. You don't like his long hair? Nope. And then pre. Really? Endgame. Oh, I-, I like his hair if it's up in a bun. I don't want it down low, though. So, like, when he was wearing jeans, he had it, like, half up, half down. That was nice. Um, and then <laughs> I would say Mary Korg. So he's someone who will be by your side and support you when you're starting a revolution or just cheering you on for something, <laughs> like watching you do an event. Like he'll be there. And even when you lose, he'll support you. Ugh. What Plus, event are you doing that he's watching? <laughs> well, I, I was taking it more like he watched Thor fight and he was supportive. And if oh. I need to do something, he'll support me. In all aspects of my life. And he's got a great accent. And he's tall. I mean, there's benefits. I would maim the Grandmaster. Even though I think he's actually mm. quite funny. Um, I just... I don't know. It, he's kind of icky. And I feel like he's the real villain. Hell is like a badass. I felt like the Grandmaster was just kind of a creep. But some fun facts about him. Is apparently in the comics he has red <laughs> eyes. That's a nice transition. <laughs> he has red eyes. He's seven foot one and two hundred and forty five pounds, which I don't feel people like it was so casted tall that way. In the comics. I know, really tall people in the comics. But Jeff Goldblum, not seven one. No, or probably not two forty five either. Um, but he's one of the elders of the universe, and his cousin. Or someone who's like a brother, relative sort of thing, is the collector. Because apparently they both are very high elders and beings. But his whole thing is like playing games and coming up with creative games, which is very on par with what he does here. But yes, I would maim him because he's just the worst. (laughs) Do you want to know how tall Jeff Goldblum is? How tall is he? He's 6'4". He's a very tall person. He feels like he'd be a tall man. He was in Jurassic Park, and he, like, was taller than everyone there. He doesn't seem that tall against Thor, but I guess you never see them standing side by side, so maybe that's why. I do think Chris Hemsworth is also, like, 6'4", 6'3". This is for right. the internet. That's what I mean, is they don't, they don't feel that... Mm. They don't feel like the same height. Chris feels taller. Maybe it's because he's just He's 6'3", upper. you're right. Hmm. Um, that could be. Did you also know that Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> just finding all of these fun facts on Google right now, but Jeff Goldblum's seventy years old. Man, he looks good for seventy. Good for him. Yeah, he was right. sixty-four when he did that. Sorry. I hope I can have that kind of spirit as a sixty-four-year-old. <laughs> I probably will. I know. Um. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Take out the character, or taking out the character. From this movie. (laughs) Okay. Phrase it in a question, honey. (laughs) Okay. What character would change the movie the most? 
if you took it out. Oh, wait. I I I misunderstood this this question. I thought the question was like what character could you could you take out of the movie and it not change anything? Perfect. We'll do your question first and then mine. <laughs> okay. Well, when I think about like what what characters are pretty unnecessary in this movie, I would say Doctor Strange is cameo in this movie is really unnecessary. They On could board. have just gone straight to Odinson. Totally. Um I also think Scourge is pretty unimportant. He's super important. Take him out. Nothing changes. Hela still does all of the same things. But the people can escape at the end. They could have just escaped. But there was, you know what? We agree to disagree on this. Clearly, I think Scourge (laughs) has more importance. He doesn't. Um, Topaz unnecessary not that i would ever be for taking out females in a movie because there's never enough but her character is really unimportant dude her line about the trash though that was amazing (laughs) i would say those three take out not really that important hi okay yeah you say yours so i interpreted the question as if you remove someone <laughs> <Your own> question <laughs> the question i came up with is if you remove someone uh, like it would change the story entirely and i feel like heimdall is that person because one right he took the sword out so hello couldn't go around destroying everybody else when she wanted to which is funny that she wanted to leave that soon anyway cuz her powers weren't like up to snuff but either way and then also because he tells Thor, like, this is how you get out of the pickle you're in. He helps people. Yeah, it'd just be a very different movie if he wasn't in it. I kind of, <laughs> not to be so negative, but I was also thinking of him as being a character you could change out and it not change anything. <laughs> or take mm. out. <laughs> because you could have had someone else fill that role pretty easily. Sure. But it makes sense that he did. It does, it does. Who else is going to telepathically talk to Thor (laughs) while Thor is just... Anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, who who Um, would you take out? Or who who would change the storyline? Well, I take out a lot of people is what I've learned. Cut (laughs) them all out. Apparently, Marvel did not need to pay that many people to be in this movie because (laughs) clearly they added little to no value in Ellie Payne's eyes. (laughs) Well, okay, it was just when I was doing the summary, I was like, oh my gosh, there are so many flipping characters here that are all, like, relatively important characters. Meek could have been taken out. Meek could have been taken out. I don't like Meek. Um, (laughs) What would have changed the story, I think, would have been taking, like, Loki out of the story. Loki or Val. Because Mm -hmm. technically the story could probably be just fine, but you lose such a big element of, like, the familial... The roots of Asgard, mm. the like team energy. Sure. It, like Thor would have had to have done it like all on his own, which we know wouldn't have gone well. When I really like harp on like his identity and what he like character growth he had, he wouldn't have been able to have that if it was just him. He needed like his brother, Val. Any other thoughts before we get to our last question? I just. I love Marvel. 
I love this movie. It's great. <laughs> so this leads into what impact does this movie or will this movie have on your life? <laughs> okay, I love this question. I think, well, I love all movies and all movies have some sort of impact on my life. She's really <laughs> a big I would say movie buff. <laughs> big movie fan. I think this movie has a pretty drastic impact because I loved Marvel prior to this, but I think this is really what sealed the deal for me and Marvel and being like, yep, this is something I'm going to dedicate a lot of hours of my life to. <laughs> and this character, like, I think this movie really impacted how I view Thor as a character, which impacts how I view a lot of other movies. And I think it was also the first one where I, like, really gained a love for the director of the movie. And now I feel like when I look at other movies, I look at their directors and kind of like to start knowing director styles. And that's because of, because of this movie and Taika Waititi. So I would say big impact. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me sound lame that I think this one movie really drastically impacted my life? I don't think so. I don't. Thank you. I agree. I think for me, this movie was a big thing because it was so fun. After this movie, you and I started really getting into the weeds of these different movies when mm. we would watch them. And we had still so much to cover, like Marvel. And it has led us to just having long conversations about Marvel TV shows and with having a friend that lives far away. It's a fun way to continue to connect. So... Yeah, Hmm. I would say this movie has had a big impact on my life because it's helped continue to grow and foster our friendship in a cheesy, funny way. It's not only movies, but yeah. Oh my gosh, your answer was like so cute and thoughtful and mine was like very selfish. (laughs) I'm like, well, my life and the way I think Achilles like friendship. Friendship. Well, because I had seen it, right? And I had seen it when it came out in theaters and that was super cool and I thought it was hilarious. And it reminds me of times when I hung out with my roommates and we would go to all these releases when they were coming out. This was my... Uh, when I graduated college, this was the year that it came out. And I remember going to this cute theater near campus and literally everyone started applauding because I feel like university theaters, people just go hard. But it's fun to see it start new forms, if you will, with different friendships and stuff. So hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Any other and it's a movie that- thoughts? Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and I feel like this is a movie that we do come back to. When I came to visit you a couple of months ago, it was like, oh, this is the movie we're going to watch. And we watched 20 minutes of like it. the metaphor. <laughs> no, we watched the whole thing. Oh, we did. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have watched it a lot. I don't even remember. Yeah, we know. We watched the whole thing. We weren't even drinking. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't always include alcohol, I guess. It's not always drunk Ragnarok, which is what we sometimes call it. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, with that, this has been the Cinema Ladies. I am Kaylee Mosey. And I'm Ellie Pan. Thanks, all. 